Have you ever prayed, God be with us? Have you ever, have you ever prayed, God be with me? Maybe, maybe you're traveling, you're on, you're on vacation, and you say, God be with us as we travel. And let our kids not kill each other in the back seat. And help us not to kill them. You know, God, maybe God be with us as we go Christmas shopping. You know, Lord, keen eyes for deals. You know, clean hearts for that front row parking. I tend to think God has maybe some other things to do. But, but we pray this, God be with us. Or maybe you pray, God be with us as I, as, as God be with me as I go on this blind date with this guy. And you're thinking, God, help, let, let him not be some kind of weirdo or psycho stalker. Maybe you, you, maybe you pray, God, be with me as I take my final exam. And, and he says, I'll be here. But you should have studied more. <laughs> We've all prayed that prayer, God, be with me. But what, the question really is, what are we asking when we pray this prayer? One of my favorite Christmas carols ever is, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I love this song because it it has an emotional longing for God to reveal his Messiah. God's people longing for him to be revealed. It has this haunting verse that rises to this joyful chorus the song resounds with assurance that the Messiah is indeed coming. And the word I want to highlight for you in that song is the word Emmanuel, because Emmanuel, that name, actually means God with us. In Matthew's description of the birth of Jesus, he records that an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And here's what it says in Matthew 1.21. He says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, when he says the prophet, he's talking about Isaiah because this was an announcement that the people had been waiting for longing to hear for centuries. And Matthew writes about this amazing announcement because it is the good news about Jesus. It is the good news of the gospel. And he quotes from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah 7, 14. And that prophet prophesied 740 years earlier, which blows my mind, right? That, that God is so good, he would Seven centuries before an event, he's saying it's going to come and a prophecy is given and here it is being fulfilled. Verse 23 says, the virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son and, she, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If this were a movie, and we would come to this point and the music would build real dramatic right here and a voiceover would say, Emmanuel. God with us. One man. No, I'm just kidding. He it would, it would like it would swell with this music and he it would be this way because Matthew records this, but it I'm not sure it, it registers. It would be earth-shattering news for the people because everyone listening or reading his words would know that God is too holy for this kind of thing. 
You can't even look at him in his purest essence and live. They would have known that Moses had to hide his face as God passed by because Moses, even Moses, couldn't handle the pure presence, the full presence of God. They would have known that when God dwelt in the temple, that no one was allowed in, only the high priest, and that only once a year, and they, they had to tie a rope around his leg in case he died in God's presence so they could pull him out. You have to understand, Matthew records that an angel tells Joseph, God is going to be with us. What made the shepherds run into the fields rejoicing to see Jesus, the baby, lying in the manger? What was it that, that caused the, the wise men to fall down on their faces in worship as they brought their gifts to the Christ child? It was this fact, this idea, that God is not distant, that he is not far off, he is not uninvolved. God is not someone who just watches over us, God is with us. Everybody repeat after me, God is, God was, God will be with me. The first thing I want you to realize this afternoon is God is with you. He is with you. The creator and sustainer of the entire universe is a relational God. One who stripped himself of his glory and became like us in the form of a a baby. One who was fully God and yet fully man and that without sin. I, I like John 1, 14 It says it this way, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Message Bible, Eugene Peterson, he writes it this way, he says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He came to be with us. Matthew's message is God is with you, God was with you, God will be with you. It's the best news ever. At the end of the day, understand what it really means. We're, we're almost confused. We're like the little boy and girl who were singing Christmas carols on Christmas Eve, and the boy concluded Silent Night with that phrase, Sleep in heavenly beans. <laughs> no, his sister corrected, not beans, peas. We're trying to figure it out. You don't understand what God is really saying here when he says this idea to you through Matthew. He wants so desperately to be with you and to bring his peace and his grace and his strength, his love and his life into your soul. Some of you are here this afternoon and you're followers of Jesus, but you're here and you're kind of saying, really? I mean, I don't, I don't feel him right now. I, I don't have any... I don't have any no tingles, no goosebumps. Or you're thinking, I've been through so much lately, I just I don't feel him at all. I know the holidays can be really tough. Christmas kind of acts like a magnifier. It's like a magnifying glass, and it magnifies all the good and makes all the good things really good. Like, you know, like generosity. 
like presents, candy, <laughs> food of all kinds. There's a magnifying effect. But it also magnifies the pain. Seems to make it even more painful. Some of you are facing an empty chair at the dinner table. Some of you have that relational tension that's just, you know things aren't right. Maybe, maybe this year you've received some really bad news about a health issue. And you're actually here this afternoon and you're, you're saying, where is God in all of this? I don't feel God. I don't, I don't see God. I, if God is here, why is this going on? Where is God in this? Others of you, if you were really honest, you would say, I've done something in my life that I'm so ashamed of that God would never want to be with someone like me. God with me? I I don't think so. In Luke's gospel, an angel appears to a young virgin named Mary. It's actually Joseph's future wife and says in verse 28 of chapter 1, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. First of all, this is a very polite angel. (laughs) Greetings. (laughs) The very first truth the angel declares to this girl is exactly what she needed to know because he's asked, he's about to ask her to do something incredibly difficult. So he says, the Lord is with you. I, I know some of you are hurting right now. And I want you to understand the Lord is with you in a powerful way. You may not realize it, but Scripture says that God is the God of all comfort and comforts us in our trials. Psalm 34, 18 says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Listen, when you understand that the God of the universe the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God is with you, it changes everything. When you are lost and you don't know where to go, He is with you as your guide. When you're hurting and feel alone, He is with you as your friend. When you're in the middle of a trial, our God is with you as your comforter. If you're sick, our God is with you as your healer. When you're weak, our God is with you as your strength. And any time you're lost in sin, our God is with you as your Savior. Not only is God with you, but I want you to see this. God was with you. He was with you. If you look back over your life, sometimes God is easier to see in the rearview mirror than In the present moment, it can be difficult to see him when everything's so chaotic. But when you look back over a series of events in your life, you can often identify him there. Just like Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, this is not Christmas Joseph. This is a different Joseph. This is Genesis Joseph. He was a little boy with really big dreams And he told his brothers, he had a lot of brothers, and he said, I'm going to be your leader. And his brothers said, you're a cocky little punk. 
They didn't like it. He was younger than them, and so his brothers beat him up, took his colorful coat, and threw him in a pit. And they said, just leave him there for dead. But one of the nice brothers spoke up and said, no, let's just sell him into slavery. (laughs) So they all said, yeah, okay. And so they sold him off. And Joseph lived with integrity Even when he was falsely accused, he went from the pit and was thrown into prison. And from a distance, it's really easy to say, where was God in all that? You've probably had similar unfair things happen to you, but over the course of Joseph's life, behind the scenes, God was working. The pit, now listen, the pit became the passage through the prison that led him to the palace as the second in charge in all of Egypt. You have to see that God used a very indirect route to put him in charge so he could save countless lives. And you wonder where God was in all of Joseph's journey. Well, Genesis 39, 21 says it plainly, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Do you see it? The Lord was there with Joseph. I get pretty emotional when I think back in my life and how God was with me at very difficult moments. I remember at 17 years old the day that my dad spoke to me and said, your mom and I are getting a divorce. I remember several years later when I was married and my wife calling me and I remember where I was. I can remember the trauma of that moment when she said, my dad has just died of a heart attack with no warning. He was only 49 years old. And I remember what that ushered in for our family and the struggle that we had as we walked through that. I remember a day, a Sunday, uh, just a few years ago when a troubled young man came into our church with a thousand rounds of ammunition strapped to himself and started shooting people in my church in Colorado. It was a terrifying experience. I've been through some stuff, and so have you. I'm telling you, I can see in each situation as I look back on those moments that God was with me, that he was there. I couldn't see him right at those moments. I couldn't see him in the chaos of the moment, in the the difficulty, the challenge, and the overwhelming grief of those moments. But as I look back, I can see he was there. I can see he was really there with me. And so I want you to realize God is with you. God was with you even when you sometimes you you couldn't really see him, couldn't really hear him. But finally, I want to suggest to you tonight that God will be with you. He will be. No matter what, no matter what you go through, God will be with you. Just think about this young girl, Mary. Like Mary is a teenager, like sometimes we, we just 
make her a caricature. We, we see her as a figure on a Christmas card or a, a figure in somebody's front lawn. She was more than that. She was a living, breathing person with hopes and dreams, hopes and fears, just like you and, you and I have. Imagine if she could see the future as the angel said, the Lord will be with you. Imagine, Mary, if she could see the future when the angel said, the Lord will be with you. So often we can't see the future, and so we just freak out. But here's what Mary would have said to you. If she'd have known the future and could see it coming, she would have said, God will be with me when I conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. God will be with me when I tell my fiancé, Joseph. God will be with me when I tell my parents. (laughs) Oh, don't worry, it's just the Holy Spirit, right? She she would have said, God will be with me when I travel on a donkey for a hundred miles. God will be with me when we can't find a place to stay for the night. God will be with me when I give birth to the Son of God in a manger, in a cave, with animals. God will be with me when I'm on the run trying to save my son's life. God will be with me when my son is 12 years old and we've lost him. We can't find him. God will be with me when we find him in the temple astounding the teachers. God will be with me at that wedding feast when he turns water into wine. God will be with me when I watch my son falsely accused and persecuted. And Mary would have said, listen to me, Mary would have said, God will be with me when I watch my son brutalized. God will be with me when when the sinners he would die for nail him to a cross. God will be with me as I watch him suffer. God will be with me when he looks up to heaven and says, it is finished. God will be with me when the sky grows dark and the ground begins to shake. God will be with me on that first night as I wait and wonder. God will be with me on that second night as I'm ready to give up. God will be with me on that third day when the stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty and he's not there because he is risen, because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God who was with us, and he is God who will be with us no matter what. Here's how the Apostle Paul says it. In Romans 8, he asks this question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced... That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's quite a list. Just, I want you to just think about that list for a second. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? No. Shall hardship? No. What about persecution? No. How about famine? Nope. What about nakedness? What? I don't know if I'm sure what that is. But even when you don't have any clothes, <laughs> you can't be separated from the love of Christ. What about danger? No. Sword? In, no. In all these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
Understand this, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, fears won't do it. Doubts won't do it. Insecurities can't do it. Your brokenness can't do it. Not your failures, not your mistakes, not sickness, not divorce, not not what somebody else does to you, not broken dreams, nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He is, he was, he will be with you. The Apostle John records in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. He says, I'm the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one who is, who was, and who is to come. Do you hear it? Do you hear His voice, our God, committed to being with us? There is no question whatsoever. It is written and it is settled. So now... The only question you and I have to answer, the only question that we must come to tonight is that we have to answer is, are you with God? Are you with him? That's the only question and it's time to give it an honest answer. He's he's with you. He wants to reveal his love, his character, his goodness to you and to me. But more than anything else, he wants you to be with him. Loving him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. He's not a God who is far off or uninvolved or distant. He's close. He's close. He's a relational God who came to earth to reveal himself to you and to pay the bill for your sins and my sins so that we could know him and serve him and receive eternal life from him. Now, I want you to pray with me this afternoon. And I... I, I, We're going to begin our candle lighting portion of our service. We're going to sing together. But I want you to just pause right here. And I just want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And just, I want you to ask yourself these questions. I know some of you are at a place where you really need to know that God is with you. Because there are difficulties and there are challenges and trials, pain, things that are are causing heartache. And you want to know tonight that he's with you. And then there's the question that you need to answer honestly. Are you with God? Let me just confirm what you're thinking as you, as you evaluate that question. You might be thinking that you're not good enough. Listen, none of us are. You might be thinking it's too late for me. Listen, it's never too late with God. You might be thinking, I don't know if I want to risk trusting again. Listen, God has already risked all that he has on you. He is, he was, and he will always be with you. This is the good news. This is the moment. This is your Christmas moment that God is with you and he's calling you to himself, to walk with him, to be with him. And so I'm gonna pray this prayer and I I want you to join in in this prayer with me. It's a Christmas prayer and I, I want you to make a decision to be with God. To be with him. Don't let any of those excuses get in your way. I want you to pray this with me if you're willing. And let's let's commit our lives and our hearts to this one. This God who has revealed himself through Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, 
We come to you and we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you that the story is so dramatic. It's so incredible. He comes as a baby and he comes as a child. He grows up into a man and then suddenly he begins to reveal the, the kingdom of God that you came to establish through him. And he, he does miracles and signs and wonders and people are healed and it's so incredible. And then he He's unfairly accused and takes the sins of the world upon himself and goes to the cross. He took our place and he, and he died. But that wasn't the end of the story. He was raised to life again to bring this message today to tell us that you're with us. And we thank you for that, Father. Father, forgive us for keeping distance between ourselves and, and, and who you are and what you want. Forgive us, Lord, for going our own way and doing our own thing. Forgive us, Lord, for, for, for being consumed by our own wants and selfishness. Forgive us, Lord, for being even consumed by our own history and past. And today, we want to leave our past behind and we want to believe that you will come and you will forgive us and you will heal us and you will strengthen us in this moment. We give our lives to you. And on this Christmas 2018, we make this a day of memory for us that we are going to be with you because you've always been with us. Lead us now and guide us. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for grace. And we pray this. We choose you. Above all else, we choose to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.